0: Welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues. From dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out, Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. All right. So today I want to talk about job offer negotiation because a wise man once told me to negotiate my job offer. And then it came back to Biden because he offered me
1: a job and I negotiated my salary after that.
0: I don't know. <laughs> oh it's Scott, that,
1: I guess you had to be a man of your word, eh?
0: That's okay. Well that <laughs> I didn't remember a negotiation, there is a yes and a and or a no. We didn't have to say yes. <laughs> we
1: we did, though, and it was a good decision. It was a good decision. Very good decision. Yeah.
0: Now, it you has know, longer-term consequences. That's what Courtney doesn't understand.
1: Yeah, she doesn't know she's <laughs> never going to get a raise. You know, that's that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, we'll put that in a different podcast, how to get a raise. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, it's interesting because there's two sides of that story, right? There's the the side from the person who is coming in and getting the job, and then there's the side of the organization that is doing their best to make sure that what they're putting together is a really fair and reasonable offer. And last night, I was actually uh, with a group of people and um, a CEO position fell through. They had someone all lined up. They negotiated for five weeks with the CEO, potential CEO candidate, and then he turned the job down. And now they are starting all over because, of course, all the other candidates, you know, after that amount of time have probably moved on, especially in this job market. So you have to do this really well
0: from both sides. Yeah, I, I agree. I I talked with someone over the weekend who got a job offer they called me and I, I talked to him a bit. They wanted some advice. Hard not to laugh. They offered him $6,000 less than he's currently making to move to pretty much a lateral role in the same company. Now, in the hierarchy, his current job is a little higher. And in today's job market, I think my words to them were, that was boneheaded. Like, why would you ever do that for such a small amount as an employer, my goal should be to understand that candidate and what is their yes number. And then I make the job offer to what we right, what we can afford and what makes sense for that job and the job market, et cetera. So that when they get it, they say, yes. And ideally there is no negotiation because you've already had those conversations during the courting phase of the relationship. Now you, my advice to Courtney is, yes, you always negotiated. Every professional job I've ever had since I left graduate school, I've negotiated. And I've never taken the job. You know,
1: I've done exactly the same thing. And I think especially when you are new coming into an organization, you know, that's kind of expected. It also shows a little bit of initiative. And it shows in that even in that process, um, how we're going to handle conflict. So I expect a little bit of negotiation. I also expect as an organization that we have a very clear picture of what this position is worth. And this is something that a lot of folks don't understand. It's not what you're worth. There's no way we could pay anybody what they're worth. People as human beings are worth a ton. However, the work that they do adds adds value to the organization in one way or another. And that value, we can actually measure that in the marketplace based upon how many jobs are like that, how rare of a person is it that can fulfill that job, all those types of things. And so we can actually come in and we know that there's a market value to a particular position. What's important for me as an organization is that I look at that and I say, okay, Let's make sure that they're in that market value because that's fair to them and that's fair to us. And I have no issue at all with paying someone that. What I have an issue paying is, for instance, uh, someone who's been with the organization for a long time, they continue to get raises, 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 and now they're way outside of market value. And as an organization, I'm paying too much for that person in that spot. It's not that they don't deserve raises. It's has the job grown to the place that it's now worth that. And if that's true, that's fantastic. And I will pay them that. But if it's simply, you know, I have someone making a hundred thousand dollars that's an administrative assistant because they've been there 30 years. Mm, that's really not a wise decision for the organization.
0: Truly not a wise decision for the organization. And it's, and it's really about the value of, of that role and the value of that person. So if the role grows Well, the person grows and they're delivering more value, of course. Absolutely. I always recommend to people, you know, before you ever, you know, so you go and you interview and you think you're going to get a job offer. Before you get the job offer, you should write down your non-negotiables. So, yeah, I said I want $80,000. That's what I would like, you know, but I'm currently making 70. So if I got at least seventy five. I would say yes. And it doesn't mean that you don't negotiate some, but you get out of that emotional decision. If you, hey, I'd like to be at 80, but they come back at 75 because that's all the market will bear for that role and your experience, et cetera. Some people are like, oh, those cheap bastards, right? All these things, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can remember my first job as a chemist out of graduate school. Most of the people were lovely, the organization was not a good fit for me, so I started looking. I got three simultaneous job offers. The two of them were about the same dollar. The other one was thirteen thousand dollars more. Now, Beth was pregnant with Josh, our for our our oldest. We had just bought a new house, and you know this is nineteen ninety seven. So you're talking thousand dollars more a month. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But what's interesting is it wasn't really the job I wanted. Yeah, I actually wanted another one and I tried to negotiate with them, but they had very stringent rules because it was a government entity. Sure. So there, they had a matrix that said, you have to have this many years of experience or this education, and that's how you get there. So you could have got there, but it would have taken me seven years. Now, oh, fast wow. forward, fast forward. I spent 20 years at that organization that I thought would not have been my first choice. Uh, And what a great experience. Got to see the world, got to do a lot of things. But one of the last jobs I applied for at that organization, I wrote down, here's what I want. I didn't get it. And I said no. And that was actually, for me, was the last thing that then I said I can't stay here. Do
1: you know? I love that non negotiable list, by the way, on both sides. Mm-hmm. Because I can fall in love with a job, a company can fall in love with a candidate, and understand that there are parameters. We all have them, organizations have them, and people have them. It's not as if we think, oh, just as a human being, I need this. And, you know, it's that big company that they're the cheap jerks. No, reality is, is we both have kind of restrictions and situations that we have to be inside of. And so when you go to this, this table and you're looking for a job on either perspective, if you have a very clear idea about what it is that you can and cannot do, here are the hard lines in the sand that we cannot cross. It does allow you to have great conversations Scott and I looked at a uh, client, or excuse me, an employee that we were looking to hire. And in the interview process early on, we said, this is the number. When we started talking with them, they came back and said, I have to have this. And it was outside of what we could do. It was just not a little outside. It was significantly outside. And we had the hard conversation right then. And said, we cannot get to that number. So if you if that number has to be your number, we are not a fit. They took a day to think about it. They came back and said, mm, I can't, I can't live with your number. And we said, I'm so sorry. We would love to have you. However, this is just not gonna work. And then we went on to other candidates. That's the piece. We both should have the right to know. And it's not just numbers, guys, it's not just salaries. For some folks and some organizations, you can negotiate the number of days. If you don't have unlimited PTO, what are the number of days of PTO? There's so many other things that you can negotiate along the way. So it's not just salary, but what are those things? What are your boundaries? Know what they are, and then stick with that. Because when you find the right match, it works for the employee and it works for the organization, then we go into that relationship happy with one another. If on the other hand, we battled in that and there was a winner and a loser, that starts the relationship off on the wrong foot. And when you start the relationship off on the wrong foot, there is nobody wins in that. That is not a good place to start a job. That is not a good place to start a relationship with an employee that you hope to have for many years to come. So having that all set before you start interviewing candidates and before you start looking for a job yourself, That's a really wise decision.
0: And that wraps up this week's episode of The Leadership Line. As always, feel free to reach out to us in the emails provided in this podcast description box. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.